This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. Wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. You are listening to the Blockade Podcast. I'm your host, Shut Your Trap, aka Chris Freebus. Joining me as always, no, he's not. Never mind. Uh, Jared Morgan seems to be uh, a little bit absent at the moment. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember what his reason was, but uh, whatever. Instead, we've got uh, Sven, aka Ksenia, joining us. Hi from Germany again. Yes. Yeah, somebody, uh, I believe it was Heretic, um, you know, we used to have. Uh, uh, Drex Clown, Bonzo, come in yeah. all the time. And yeah, then exactly. all of a sudden he disappeared from the face of the earth. We don't know what happened to him. He didn't send us messages. And then uh, Heretic happened to uh, speak with him and said, we found a new German. <laughs> <laughs> and what did he say about it? I, I don't know that there was a response necessarily about that. Okay. Yeah, I have him in, in my uh, friend list. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, on on Steam, but I'm not sure when when I've seen him in the last time. Ah, well, ages, ages ago, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. we've, uh, as we said last week, uh, we've been doing this fun little back and forth with uh, Zen. Yep. Playing, and you've decided to, to in order to defeat me on tables, you're going to pick the tables that I least like to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good strategy, isn't it? It's a terrible strategy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, so because you went ahead and you posted a rather uh, uh, significantly better score on, I believe it was Return of the Jedi, than what you had had previously. It was either that or was it, uh, I think it was A New Hope. I can't remember um, which one. It was one or the other. Anyway, and then I yeah. hopped on and completely crushed it. <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> and so then you, but you have posted a score on Star's Rider Assault that I, for the life of me, uh, cannot even get, I can't even get near my, my original high score, let alone what score you posted on that. What in the world is your secret? <laughs> what are you yeah. doing on that table? Cause it's such a grind of a table trying to get scores. I mean, like even doing the modes, they don't score that much. Yeah, that's true. Um, what I, what I do is, um, there is, um, uh, you're talking about the Starfighter, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, there's this uh, hole um, uh, on top of uh, the table um, up from uh, the, the mission hole where you get the extra ball. Yes. Yes, and uh, if you have uh, collected uh, the extra ball and then uh, you, you get another bonus or... or um, uh, jackpot mode uh, in there, and uh, that's where I got the majority of points uh, together with with uh, multiball. Uh, after that, so you're not playing the mode for points. You're just hitting that. It's it's like an upper upper ramp, uh, just yeah, over and yeah. over and over again. Yeah, yeah. That's but uh, but, but to to be brutally honest, I have no clue about that table. <laughs> I don't know how to play the modes. I've been figuring it out. <laughs> um, so essentially, uh, for those of you familiar with the, uh, the Starfighter Assault table, um, if you, there's an upper flipper that you can activate a magnet on. When you activate the magnet, it captures the ball, and then you can shoot that upper flipper into one of two lanes. First lane is your repair lane. If you do that, it'll go capture back on the magnet again. If you then shoot the lane right above that, it's like a short U-turn. Um, it'll capture on a magnet there, and there's yet another upper flipper. And from there, you can either shoot this upper ramp that uh, Sven's talking about. It's at the absolute tip-top of the table, and it's, uh, uh, you know, it's a sideways ramp. Or right below it is the mission hole. Now, the mission hole isn't immediately lit. You have to hit it once, kind of knock on the door, mm. and then that'll light the mission <laughs> yeah. hole. So you got to catch the home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you got to catch the uh, the the magnet catches the ball once more. You have to hit it yet again on that upper flip hole or, or uh, upper lane, and then you flip it into the mission hole. That that's what the steps you got to do just to get the stupid missions going. And then 
is pick your missions. The first mission is relatively easy in that it's uh, a, basically a video game of Galaga. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With, with um, a, a few few stupid uh, asteroids uh, right. uh, hitting, hitting your way. Um, it, it's not, not ter terribly difficult. No. Um, so well, that's only phase one of, of exactly. mission one. And then you start phase two. And it's the phase twos that I tend to have a lot of problems with. Um, Me too. But it's more or less on that one. Uh, I know most of the phases end up involving you shooting uh, looping lanes, <laughs> either on the left side or the right side, whichever is lit, and just doing that ad nauseum, and then occasionally uh, dropping the ball into the pop bumpers, which fire lasers at all the starfighters that are flying around. And if you shoot down enough of those in the proper amount of time, you wind up winning the mode. Um, that's... That's the gist of almost every single one of the modes. <laughs> um, yeah. Sometimes a, you know, in like the mission two, I think it is, uh, a Star Destroyer parks on the left side of the... Uh, yeah, yeah. On the left two side. Three, I'm, I'm not, not sure. Yeah, one, one, uh, one other mode has that, yeah. And, and you... Yeah, um, and, and that's one of these things where it's like you got to hit five lanes in order to disable the shields that are on or, or something, the turrets that are on the Star Destroyer, and then you hit the pop bumpers again, and I, it's all terribly confusing on that. Um, so yeah, I get that... Uh, I get what you're saying, with, with it being really kind of weird. I don't think I ever made um, the uh, Phase 2 of um, Mission 1. Oh. I don't think I ever I ever um, um, finished that. Uh, I I've, always keep losing my my uh, ships. Um, I believe I finished it once. <laughs> That's probably been about it. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's why I, I that's why I'm, it's killing me though trying to figure out because the, a lot of the Star Wars tables, when you finish a mode, it's good for a you know ten ten to twenty million sometimes. Yeah. And so it's a big bump. But whenever I've finished any of these modes, it's not gotten me very far at all. Um, so, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Starfighter Assault, I, I was very curious how you were doing that well. And then you went ahead and you absolutely crushed Darth Vader. And, uh, <laughs> hey, look who just joined us to yeah. witness the crushing. Uh, Jared Morgan. G'day, guys. How's it going? Good. I Hi. thought you were not available, but uh, apparently yes, you, you can pop in for a brief moment. Well, no, it turns out that I was actually... Um, we're we're going to go stay at the coast this weekend, but Zach's not feeling very well, so we decided not to actually stay up there, and um, awesome. so here I am in you um, Studio North Lakes. <laughs> so, so, yeah, how do you feel about uh, Sven here just coming in and absolutely annihilating our Darth Vader scores? Uh, yeah, kind of pwned us, didn't he? Um, <laughs> terribly. <laughs> um, it but so I, funny. I'm, I'm less concerned. I'm less concerned about his scores and more about some Vulcan scores. Jeez, isn't it billions? Oh, oh dear. No. <laughs> oh. Far what, out. What, I have been enjoying that table, though. What What is interesting about it is, uh, at a certain point, um, um, the score uh, in, in the Zen tables um, don't. Um, are not counted on on thousand or even one hundred thousands. Uh, they are all zero. Have you seen that? No, no. So yeah, if you get really high, yeah. If you get really high, it seems like um, uh, the the rest is cut off. I don't know whether it's uh, because of limitations of uh, uh, numbers there. Um, but um, let let me let me quickly check um, the score of. Uh, Sun Vulcan, because when I posted this, um, you you can see the uh, see the the high score he has, and it's uh, thirteen billion nine hundred. Oh my God! Million, and then uh, uh, six zeros, and uh, the same was uh, ranked two in in my friend list has one oh. billion one hundred and sixty three million. Straight and and um, third one one billion one hundred eleven million. Oh, so yeah, it's it pretty like crazy. One, once you you get to one billion, it doesn't count uh, count uh, anything below a million anymore. 
So uh, yeah. you've got you've got a half a million. You've got uh, or yeah. just shy of five hundred thousand yeah. uh, or five hundred million on uh, Darth Vader. Uh, I think I was at hundred and hundred and sixties or something like that. I don't know. It's not. Yeah, it's so what what was the secret? Uh, to doing that, is it just a grinding and grinding and grinding, or did you it's find a grinding. something? It's, it's uh, a grinding uh, through through all the modes. Uh, get get as much uh, out of uh, the modes as possible. Um, the multi uh, uh, balls are uh, quite good in, uh, for scoring. Um, so keeping, keep, keeping them game. alive uh, is uh, vital to this game. Yeah. I see you get about a million per shot. At least when I was playing, I mean the little scores were popping up. Um, it's like about yeah. a million per shot. Yeah, sometimes um, so. even three, three million. And then, mm. then you have the the shot from from the upper right flipper uh, to to the small ramp where the, where you have the upper left flipper where you shoot to the base. Yeah, the base the shot. Base. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, there's uh, one mode. Uh, if you activate this, um, it's uh, like like a countdown uh, from. I don't know, 10 million downwards or, or whatever it is. Uh, and mm -hmm. if you can uh, shoot that repeatedly because it's uh, uh, um, some, some kind of ray shot, uh, you, you uh, um, hit it, uh, the small ramp, you hit the, the base ramp, and the ball returns again to the, to the upper right flipper. If you can do that, um, you can easily get uh, like 20, 30 million uh, in, in a few seconds. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. It's a pretty um, fast escalation of points. I, I actually decided after me bragging on it last week that I go and check out um, the the loathe table. The um, masters the of the force. The, yeah, masters of the force. Oh. And actually, just have try and work out what's going on in the table. And I I actually managed to squash some high scores on it. Yeah. Um, and it, it's. Uh, I definitely agree about the the bricking ramps. They're very narrow entries, but yeah. I think once you get yourself dialed in, and they're like it's one of those tables. I think it's a little bit like Twilight Zone. If you've never seen it before, you walk up to it, you go, "What is this?" You know, it looks like a, a hot mess. <laughs> um, but I think when you start playing it and you start getting the, I guess the shots sort of lined up and know where you need to shoot them from and all that, I think you can actually do okay at the game. It's just I don't know, it just takes a bit of a warm-up, I think, to, to sort of get into the way the table's designed. Because there's a shot there, there's some shots that just don't look obvious, yet they actually go to completely different places on the table. And they don't actually look like a shot, but they are actually a shot. <laughs> you don't really know about them to actually shoot them. <laughs> you go, oh, the ball can go up there. Cool, that's kind of sweet. Um, I think the most frustrating part of that table is just that jump ramp, like the jump ramp concept, trying to get the ball up to the upper play field and get it to land where you want. Like to me it's a little bit like the um the uh hole in one shot on no good gophers. It yeah. can be a bit random. It can be a yeah. bit random for me. No, I agree. There is, for me with no good gophers there is no aiming for the the mm -hmm. hole in one. It's just <laughs> I'm just trying to get the ball up there. <laughs> yeah that's right. Hit, yeah. hit the ramp. Where it goes is anybody's guess. <laughs> yeah. It, I don't know how yeah, fast I'm, I would have actually done the um the tuning for that because you would you know they would have had to put some sort of like ball path or yeah. like fixed route for the for the ball to travel and actually get into that shot. Yeah. Because if it's not on the playfield it's not tracked physically. So they they would have to put a rail, like an invisible rail for it to get in there. So I think it's about shooting that exact point on the ramp, like the jump ramp, where they've engineered that <laughs> that um, particular right. thing to go, and then you'll be right. Um, did you manage to start any of the modes in Masters of the Force? Yeah, I did. I managed to fluke one. <laughs> now, and, was it a light side uh, mode or a dark side mode? Um, it was a... I think it was a dark side mode. I so think. you had I to try and hit that, that narrow, narrow, weird mm. gap ramp uh, on the left side of the table to even get the, the cardboard cutouts to pop up. Um, oh, no, no. It, this one, no, I was battling Darth Maul, so it must be in the light side mode. Yeah, that was um, light side. Yeah, light side mm. mode, not too terrible to start. Dark mm. side mode, virtually impossible, because not only have I hit the ramp area... But then it's uh, I, I forget what they call it. It's uh, like this quick return or something like that. But the so the ball has to thread the needle, start going up the ramp and spiral up. But then it has to also spiral up with enough force 
as to then get captured by the magnet. Mm. And I was getting it with enough force to get up there, but not close enough to the magnet where the magnet was catching it, and then it would drop back down and across the habit trails. And again, massive amounts of frustration because it was like, I hit the shot. <laughs> You're thinking of um, TPA where it <laughs> where you shoot there anywhere near the ramp and it goes and gets sucked up, <laughs> sucked yeah. up the ramp and you'll fine. <laughs> I don't but know. I've, not... I've, I've learned that after playing in the tournament, uh, our league tournament last week, that some of people's gripes about tables, I realize that they've never touched the tables. <laughs> um, because, like, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon... Now, the interesting thing, I've played probably five different uh, machines of it uh-huh. in our league. Not a single one of them plays anything rem- remotely like TPA in terms of how the ball bounces. Um, mm. If you do... Uh, in TPA, I do a ton of dead passes based off of the ball, you know, shooting around the, the loop, coming down, bouncing from one uh, flipper to the next. Yep. The real thing, you try and do that, and it will never go the direction that it does in TPA, ever. Um, it's very frustrating <laughs> because I yep. know, you know, I've got my patterns and whatever, and they don't apply to the real thing. That being said, everybody was complaining about the, the main ramp, saying that it's a vacuum ramp in TPA. I was nailing the crap out of it with no problem whatsoever on this person's table that I had that you yeah. know this time. Um, there's been other times where it's been a bit rejecty, but so I think it a lot of it has to do with the slope of the table. Yeah, probably the strength of the flippers too, whether they're well maintained or not. Exactly. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I, I do kind of question. Uh, a lot of people complain about. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to shift. We're going to we're going to shift away from the Zen talk and shift into this other uh, bit of business that two different people have uh, alerted me to. One of them was, uh, I guess, the, I want to say the programmer for somebody involved with Highway Pinball mm-hmm. went on a Twitter, had a Twitter fit about uh, Pinball Arcade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Okay. Um, and basically just called it uh, just nothing but complete garbage and so not like real pinball and... Uh, that it's just got problems abounding with the physics. Um, it referred to something about uh, electrocuting a frog's ass or something like that. I mean, that's how well the physics... I don't know. It was very, very, very odd um, diatribe this person, against it. This person sounds like they know a lot about physics when it comes to electrocuting a frog's ass. Uh, right, so. yeah. <laughs> but to say it was more or less saying, hey, I don't like TPA. Yeah. I don't like... And they didn't like any uh, virtual pinball at all. Oh, well, at least um, it wasn't exclusive. Yes, no, it was it was across <laughs> the board. And so it be it falls into that that camp of ah, here's yet another person who uh, you know has access to real pinball machines at a you know probably within their own home. And again, the guy's a designer. I, it, it, I'm not sure if he's a designer. I want to say he was a programmer for Highway. Um, and, oh, look at that. He also has a vested interest in a company that happens to be producing a real-life pinball machine. Right, right. Wow. Um, he's he's lead game designer for Highway Pinball. Ah, okay, wow. there you go. No, there's absolutely no vested interest in there whatsoever. No. <laughs> and, and what was the... He was complaining about... Basically, he said TPA, the only thing it's good for is on his mobile, you know, on his iPad so that he can... Uh, review the rules. That's about the only, you know, credit that'll give TPA. And my thing is, well, maybe if you didn't play it on a iPad, maybe if you played it on a PC with decent lighting, with uh, the better, you know, everything that TPA can offer, plus using mm-hmm. a proper controller instead of your thumbs, maybe you might actually think differently. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So then somebody else linked to me a an, uh, a thread that has started up on Pinside. And it was asking whether or not uh, VR pinball, so the Samsung VR, whether or not it is the death of pinball or helping pinball. And, of course, Pinside being Pinside, uh, everybody went just, you know, completely vitriolic on (laughs) virtual pinball. (laughs) And, you know, off the rails nuts about it. And it, it... I sit there and I wonder, why is it 
that both can't exist? Why is it that there's a, a, a vocal faction that absolutely despises you know, virtual pinball? You know, we love both. You know, and we'll mm. never, we never mm. say that physical pinball uh, is in any way, shape, or form not superior to playing uh, virtual pinball. I mean, about the only thing that can be said that virtual pinball has a one-up on is that it'll never break down. <laughs> well, that's exactly. right. Yes. And I think when virtual pinball was originally sort of proposed, this is what attracted some arcade operators to the concept of it. They thought, well, you know, if we can somehow make virtual pinball accessible in a traditional sort of size cabinet, but with some sort of screen dropped in it, you know, this would actually mean we could offer 13 different tables in the same footprint as one table. Um, you know, Which, again, was... I could under, understand then a pinball distributor, you know, being mad about that, but mm. the reality is like the pin that's not happening. <laughs> Nobody, no distributor is putting virtual pinball in their arcades. No, uh, except for maybe our mate um, that, that was on the show about the Zen oh, virtual pinball. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, but even he has said that it, there's no way it's going to re, you know replace the desire for a physical pinball. No, it's complementary too. It's exactly. not a substitute for. Yeah. So I just found it. I, I just find it interesting that there is that that. I wonder what they're threatened by. I guess is what my question is. Yeah, because I don't that's know. What it, feels I think, like. it feels like they're threatened. Yeah, they're they're behaving in such a way, and their 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 responses suggest to me that they're afraid. Of it, and they were. Yeah, the, the, the question is why? Because um, anybody who who is able to afford uh, or is interesting or remotely interested in, in uh, pinball and uh, can afford uh, to to play uh, or to buy a, a table on its own, um, he will buy it. Yeah, uh, but uh, someone like me who doesn't have the money. Um, would never buy a, a, a real pinball table, and uh, I don't have any any choice uh, because there are almost no um, pinball tables in, in uh, any bars available right. anymore. So yep. uh, you, you only can can go to to some some pinball museums, or if you if you're lucky and then find a bar, uh, they they still have it. I, I just learned from my son that uh, he found a bar where uh, there's um, Avatar and uh, the Simpsons pinball party in, in in the corner, but nobody keeps playing them. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, it's I, it's I, rough. Yeah, I, I, I don't think, you're think right. uh, uh, it's it's uh, something uh, for for uh, a big audience anymore. Uh, and um, I think um, it was already mentioned earlier. Most uh, pinball tables are nowadays produced for for private owners. Rather than right. for our arcades or anything. Well, you know, Stern will strenuously deny that and say, "Oh, you know, we're still making it for the operators, but you know, they're releasing a super, super premium version of um, Spider-Man, uh, Batman 66 for their like elite collectors and elite yeah. people that were, you know, part of the mm -hmm. um, part of the journey uh, for 30 years." <laughs> so, you know, I, I often wonder <laughs> exactly <laughs> how much they actually produce for operators, but you know, that's their that's their mission statement, I guess. So. Yeah, I don't um, think they. I don't think they purposely produce for operators. I think operators have become a uh, a symptom <laughs> of of the resurgence of pinball. Um, you know, they they because there certainly is more and more. It's it's picking up steam uh, mm. once again. So, uh, and operators need that price point. They need that pro price right. point to be able to afford a pinball machine because you know they are while they are gaining in popularity. They're not as popular as something like Street Fighter V or any of those sort of like very um, low footprint, high uh, revenue earning stuff. And it's funny, you know, because I was listening to the um, the Coinbox Pinball podcast the other day, and these guys are actual hobbyist operators, and they were saying that for most family entertainment centers that you see out there now, it's 80% redemption and then 20% other. Yeah. So the pinball within that 20%. Would be lucky in some places to get two percent if it's lucky. Um, so, out of all the redemption stuff you see in arcade these days, you might be lucky to see one pinball machine um, in the collection. So you know it's 
I think in some ways, getting back to the original question about why these people are so adversarial about digital pinball, I just wonder if it has something to do with the exclusivity of owning a pinball machine mm, or the yeah, exclusivity yeah. of, you know, not, accessibility. Not being, not being special enough yeah. anymore. Right. It, it's something to do with, yeah, I think maybe it's got something to do with the fact that, well, if we have virtual pinball machine, people can actually put these things in cabs now. Um, and, you know, this will actually be something that's closer to what I've been paying eight or $9,000 for per machine. And that scares me because that means that, you know, it makes me feel less of a person because I, <laughs> I don't have this big exclusive piece of, of um, entertainment furniture in my home anymore. Someone else can get an entry-level well, version of this. I, I really yeah. hope this is not the case uh, and, and people are not defining themselves about uh, having uh, real pinball tables and, and getting this exclusivity away uh, by by virtual pinball because it's a completely different story. If, if, um, if that is the case, uh, I'm, I, I would feel very sorry for them. Yeah. I mean, well, this I know is the same guys. thing that happens is happening though with the medieval madness uh, redo, where all the people that were you know, owners of medieval madness, you know, they were loving life because of how much they knew that their pin was worth, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden this uh, you know redoing of it comes out, and they're the ones that are raising the biggest stink. And it's like, why don't you want more people to be able to experience this? And truth be told, the value of your table technically shouldn't go down because now you get to say, no, I'm the original, you know, as a, you know, first edition, you might yeah. say, as yeah, opposed to a true. reprint. Um, Very rare first edition, you know. Exactly. So, but people go, well, geez, you know, before when I could when I could flip this game on Pinside for six or seven thousand dollars. Now there's actually a newer version of it with brand new hardware, brand new play fields, everything's new in it. It's got a warranty. You know, why would people want to buy my clapped out 20-year-old pinball machine? Even even if I've taken immaculate care of it and done circuit work on it to try and you know, keep it working. Like, Except for you, you're, a, you're a bit wrong on the price there, Jared. But, oh, medieval, really? medieval, medieval was commanding 18 grand. 18 grand yeah. for an actual? Yes. Really? Yes. Oh. So all that's what I'm saying. It was commanding 18 grand. Then all of a sudden, it's hey, you can buy this brand new one for eight grand, and yeah. they were freaking out. Yeah. Well, if they're using pinball as an investment, they're kind of doing it wrong. But it's not <laughs> a really good thing to use as an investment. <laughs> they should rethink their investment strategy and just treat their pinball machines as games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it, it, well, it's also interesting. We, there was a discussion going on about uh, so the rumor that's kind of less of a rumor because apparently actual video of it uh, exists, but uh, you know what the next musical table from Stern is? Um, Take a wild guess. Oh, it's I, I've heard discussion about this. It's not Iron Maiden. Nope. It's it's um, oh, what was the name? Uh, it was um. Aerosmith, oh, you're correct. Aerosmith. Oh, right. That's kind of cool. I like Aerosmith. Yeah, but it's um, such a, it's like... Talk about old white guys rocking out. I mean, mm -hmm. these are, they were around the same time as the Rolling Stones. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like... So clearly... Yeah, can can I have Pink Floyd, like please? <laughs> yeah. You're appealing to the... Retired guy or the you know soon to be retired guy that has a pinball collection. This is what you're putting in his house. Yeah, well, um, well, but on the other hand, uh, um, this is um, basic marketing. I mean, uh, who who are you uh, marketing uh, those uh, things to? The, sure. the guys who have the money, because uh, the the twenty year old uh, or thirty year old, uh, maybe with uh, small children, um, they they can't afford those tables anywhere. Uh, anyway, yeah. so um, it. It's uh, clever to to uh, have uh, this marketed to towards uh, fifty plus or let's say. But there 40 were people plus. bending over backwards to get the Metallica table. Mm. Not many people were bending over backwards to get the Rolling Stones table. And although people like the ACDC table, I never heard the fervor over that that I did for the Metallica table. True, but they still sold crap loads of them. So sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> all I know it's is that very. Yeah, varieties of uh, types and premium models as well. So they've done okay with all of Based, off, based off of Stern's choice, 
So, let's see, ACDC, yeah, they had a game specific to Rockman. And Metallica, yeah, they had a game specific to uh, Guitar Hero. And Aerosmith had a game specific to Guitar Hero. So that leaves Van Halen and Green Day. <laughs> yeah, Green Day, I think, would be a very interesting one to do because they're still producing albums, these guys. Right. And and they started off, you know, in the 90s, and they're still going today. Yeah. Another one would be Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I think they're quite... They're, they span the generations as well. Um, yeah, I really don't yeah. know if I could stand an entire table of Chili Peppers music playing <laughs> that long, but... Um. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, there's lots of times they could do with Aerosmith. You know, that Janie's got a gun mode. There would have to be some sort of gun um, toy on the table that you shoot the ball from. Um, or, you know, like the cannon on ACDC. And, yeah. uh, you know, there'd be lots of ways they can incorporate the song themes into it. I'd like to see them try and incorporate Dude Looks Like a Lady into the table. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a great one to try and incorporate. I don't know. I, I mean, I like the music tables and all, but uh, that one just seems lazy to me. Yeah. Oh, look, I bet you it all comes down to licensing. You can guarantee these guys have got like about eight or nine different licensing fingers out there at the moment oh, going, hey, look, yeah. what what music band is going to actually capitulate and give us a decent enough licensing deal for us to do it and also give us digital rights as well. Right. Because that's what they have to think about now. And that's probably the bigger thing. Like, I don't know how easy it would be to actually incorporate Stern Pimble Arcade into a licensing agreement now. Um, oh, I don't think it's that much of a challenge. Yeah, I reckon they'll say, yeah, we want everything on this table, but we also want you to um, uh, license us to do it digitally, and that's the clause. <laughs> or do you think it's a bit more than that? No, I think, it, I think honestly, all, the, all the, the, the musician and their agents care about is how much are you paying for our songs? Yeah, do you reckon that's it's all they the care songs? about. Because all they're mm-hmm. concerned about is, is it going to uh, translate into record sales of our greatest hits albums? That's all they're concerned yeah. about. That's true. You yeah. know? And so the larger the audience that can be reached, the better, as far as they're concerned. So Pinball is a gateway into that audience. So Pinball reignites people. Like, you know, me as a, you know, an Aerosmith fan when I was younger, you know, would I want to actually go and um, buy a table if I had the money? Well, if it's a good enough table, yeah, probably. Um, But, you know... uh, as for the older guys who may have actually seen them in concert when they were in their heyday, you know, they will go, wow, I remember those songs. And they start to go, yeah, I think I should probably buy one of those. Well, it will be decided. Well, who knows? Like I said, yeah. I always do reserve reserve judgment until I've actually put my hands on the thing. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and I'm finding that sure. the thing that I'm finding really hard at the moment is while there's all these pinball machines being released and stuff, I'm, I was at the point in the, in the 90s when... I was able to get my hands on any pinball machine, right? Yeah. Because I was working in the arcade. But now, because, you know, where you got the family and everything like that, it makes it a bit tricky to get to the places where they actually have them and that I'd be able to play them. Like, for example, Dr. John Cosson down the Gold Coast has, like, his collection of 70 or 80 pinball machines, um, wow. including, including America's Most Haunted and including like all the Wizard or all the Jersey Jack pinball games and everything, you know, he's got it all down there. But he's down the Gold Coast. And for me to actually organize that and yeah. get down there, like if I was single, it would be like, yep, no worries, I'm going down there right now. <laughs> and <laughs> and I'd, go, I'd head down there and do it. But for me to do it now, it's a logistical challenge to actually get that all lined up. That was, that was me going down to Vegas for uh, Pinball Hall of Fame. It was just kind of like, yeah, sure, why not? It's only... Yep. You know, 375 miles. Why not? <laughs> Road trip. Road trip. Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. but now it's like uh, not so easy. Yeah. So this is the thing that I'm regretting. I mean, like we're in this point um, of the pinball um, renaissance again, or the, the the recycling phase of how pinball always happens. Yet, you know, there's going to be this big gap in my, I guess, my pinball history that I'm missing because yeah. I won't be able to say, hey, look, I've put my hands on an America's Boat Haunted. It was great. I did this. I did that. So, you know, thinking forward, when Pinball Arcade, when someone else does a Pinball Arcade during the next resurgence, 10 or 15 years down the track or whenever that is, 
I won't have that knowledge to call upon going, oh, yeah, I know how this plays, or I've played it before, or I've had some time on it. And that really kind of frustrates me. Like, it really frustrates me quite a lot, actually. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. If any other any other parents are out there in the same predicament, um, you should uh, <laughs> send me a tweet, and we can set up a support group. <laughs> well, on the other hand, uh, you, you would have some some nice surprises when uh, those uh, digital tables which you never played in real are released uh, you, you discover new new tables uh, that's that's what i am doing um, well, that's true yeah, of, I, tables uh, i have never played before and this is what i'm kind of hoping Sven, when um Stern pinball arcade comes out because you know i've not really played things like um, metallica and i've not really played things like star trek to the extent that you know i'd actually call myself really quite comfortable with the game. So when they come out on uh, Stern, reportedly, according to an official announcement from um, um, Farsight later this fall, um, <laughs> quote unquote. Okay. So, so uh, in spring? Yeah, in, in yeah, sometime. Yeah, well, I'm calling after Christmas. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, when it comes out then, we'll be able to sit down. We'll have the, the premium models, which for all intents are basically just like the um, uh, Blue Moon Editions without the silly plaque on it, so I'm okay with that. Um, and we'll be able to sit down and, and actually start playing through the game and learning the rules and actually getting that virtual experience. And who knows, like at the end of this year, Google will be releasing Google VR, and that will mean that VR and stuff will be available to people other than Samsung owners. So, you know, who knows what that is going to mean for people's ability to kind of experience virtual pinball in the same way as they would experience real pinball, um, but, you know, from the comfort of their own home. I think VR and pinball um, are good bedfellows, actually, because, you know, it, it, the, the challenge is making it, a, making it affordable for people that don't have a huge amount of money, like don't have three grand to lay down for an Oculus set. Um, and I think the mobile way of going for VR is arguably probably the way that VR is going to break into the market more. Well, and right now, uh, so basically they just released uh, a Stern Pinball Arcade on uh, Gear VR, just released the ACDC table. Mm, yeah, I heard that one now. Which means that, hey, they were on schedule to exactly when they said that they would release it. Yep. Um, so that is a good thing <laughs> that, yeah. that uh, a schedule stuck to. Um, but within that, it was also uh, pretty blatantly uh, shown that Oculus is who brought uh, ACDC to, uh, to fruition. They were the ones yeah, that, right. uh, that dealt with the Kickstarter. And Farsight uh, also confirmed that uh, there are no plans for uh, the VR version of Stern Pinball Arcade to be on anything but Gear VR at the moment. Mm, that's right. That's a hard and fast thing at the moment. Yeah. So I think that's that's disappointing to hear. But you know, if if Oculus is bankrolling the whole thing, then you don't really have much choice who your partner is. Um, what would be good, I think, is if um, Oculus VR opened up that platform to other mobile phone manufacturers. So you know, Oculus it, it is actually you know a relatively good platform. Um, it does a good job at VR. So why not? Because then what you're going to have, right, going back to the old VR wars of Betamax and VHS, you're going to have Google VR competing for market when it comes out, and Google's got a pretty big engine behind it as far as marketing goes and clout. And then you've got Oculus behind it, which has its own set of clout as well. So on mobile, there's going to be Gear VR and Google VR, and then on um, PC, there's going to be Vive and Oculus, and there was some other one that I heard of the other day. Steam. Do, yeah, Steam. And then on consoles, you've got PlayStation VR, and I'm sure you're probably going to have Xbox VR, or they might they might actually, because they're um, Microsoft-backed. From what I heard, Oculus. Xbox uh, is going the route for with uh, Oculus, most likely. Mm -hmm. See, there uh, you Steam, go. Steam, yes. Steam, by the way, is, is, uh, is, a, Vi is a Vive, right? I think so. Steam, so, Steam uh, is uh, selling the Vive uh, on, uh, on their shop. So they, see, they there, there's getting, the question. Is it more a matter um, of the storefront? Is that what they're concerned with? Like the ability to find and discover VR titles and 
Right. It, it, like, for there. example, for example, that uh, in the music industry, you know, there, you know, for the longest time, it was iTunes. You know, you could get anything to download, but then all of a sudden, there was these other um, music uh, streaming services that were popping up, and mm-hmm. the albums would be exclusive to that streaming service. So yeah. obviously, they're trying to drive traffic to their service. So is that the case with Oculus? Oculus having its own store. And it wants to drive traffic through its store as opposed to driving. Uh, and the store is only compatible with its tech. I'm assuming. Yeah, it's it's um, uh, more um, um, if, if you uh, compare it again uh, with the video systems, it's, it's less of um, the video uh, um, systems uh, we we had uh, back in the days, uh, but more like like the consoles today. Um, where, where you have uh, Xbox and, and PlayStation, and uh, you had um, the uh, what was the Android? The uh, Uya, um, where they try to get exclusivity in order to you've sell. Third-party developers, and then you've got your third-party developers. Third-party yeah. available across all platforms, and first-party is obviously uh, first-party. It's for whoever uh, that manufacturer yeah. is. That's right. So I think that's going to be one part of it as well, isn't it? Like seeing the emergence of which store is more popular. And I think you could be right there, um, Chris, the the amount of people who find the store experience better or find the, like based on reviews of people who already have the system, I think in this case, the people power aspect of it will be the thing that drives adoption to the VR platforms. Because if, if people are saying, oh, yeah, the Vive store is anecdotally rubbish and the Steam store is awesome and it allows you to, you know, maybe even do things like DRM-free content or something like that, you know, there's all these little things they can introduce into their platforms later on that will make them a market, I guess, give them a market differentiation and make it more attractive I th- I for them. Think, to... I think it will, will be uh, a, a bit like uh, in the consoles uh, as well uh, where you have games uh, which are... Uh, the console seller, like like you have a, a Mario for for Nintendo, um, mm. that that sells the system, and um, I think uh, you you will uh, see the same uh, in uh, in the VR market. Uh, by the way, I'm I'm not convinced that um, the mobile um, VR is something which will be very important. Uh, because most mobile games, uh, let's face it, are crap. <laughs> well, yeah. I think the ones that are designed for VR in mind, though, um, those are the ones, like, if you're going to be doing Candy Crush in VR, then no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> There's no yeah. value in that. But <laughs> if you're going to be making an experience in VR that's also well thought out and well planned, essentially, then it could be an absolute, it could be basically the next Sonic or Mario or, you know, that type of mascot-style thing that VR needs, because I think this is where, this is what actually sold consoles in the past. Like, you had the Sega brand, you had the Sega, mm-hmm. um, or Sega, sorry, for those yeah. people in the US. <laughs> speak the, speak the, real. Yeah, the Sega, <laughs> Sega assets like Sonic and all these, like, big-name brands. And then for Nintendo, same thing. Mario um, was, like, you know, the, the people would actually choose a brand or choose a console based on the mascot in some cases. Right. Um so VR is lacking that at the moment. VR is just, at the moment, oh, it's just some games. Like, it's more about the hardware and not the, I guess, the package at the moment. And I think that's the thing that is um, clouding the market at the moment. There's, there's, I mean, they all do the same thing, if you think about it. They all allow you to experience virtual reality. But what is the big value add between the different markets? There's... There's nothing from a consumer perspective except technical specs. So and they price. need to work that. Yeah, well, this, and is where price, exactly. this is where it's interesting with you know uh, Facebook having purchased Oculus. Mm. Facebook is not looking at this from a gaming perspective, I don't no. believe. They're looking no, they at don't. it more from uh, m- virtual meetings, uh, using it as a uh, chat you know, a chat format, you might say, which is where I think mm. the mobile aspect comes in because you're more likely to check in on a, a conference call 
you know, it's a call. It's, you're using your phone. So, hey, how about if you just are able to slap your phone up onto your face and then you can be virtually there? I don't see people yeah. uh, playing games on a bus basically with a blindfold on because you kind of want to be aware of your surroundings when you're in the public. Um, oh, I've seen and, some people it, doing it. <laughs> there's pictures of it out there. Yeah, right I know now. there's pictures, but uh, I think for the general map, you think about the apps that you use and your FaceTimes and stuff like that. Um, if you're sitting at the comfort of your own home, then you're less likely to use your phone to do that kind of thing. But if you're out and about, your your phone becomes this you know touchstone that you can dive into all these different venues with, and I think that's where the mobile aspect is. I think the gaming is simply, that's the easiest for consumers to understand. Yeah, you're probably right. But it's Gaming is something that they people often do every day to some degree, so they understand that, but they might have a bit of trouble, like, you know, someone who's not actually an office worker, maybe a factory worker, may not understand... Right you know, what video conferencing is all about. And therefore, for them, it's like, well, why would I want this? I, I don't do this in my life at the moment. You know what but, what would uh, be the system seller number one? What's that? Porn. <laughs> <laughs> well, it always comes back to porn because it's the yeah, internet. <laughs> yeah, because that, you wouldn't believe how, how fast those systems would sell if... if uh, oh yeah, uh, if, yeah, but yeah, you know what? Yeah. They've they've proven that it's no longer uh, what it was. I mean, obviously, back in the day, it was what sold VHS over Beta. Yeah. it's what um, you know helped. <laughs> it's what helped the consumer camera market. Um, yeah, it is what uh, drove uh, websites to begin with. But now, when they say you know, because there was a big thing of oh, wait until it comes out on Blu-ray. You know, it didn't have a ma- it didn't matter. Uh, Google Glass, people started saying, oh, wait until it comes out on that. It didn't matter. So it's, you've reached a threshold where it's now gotten to the point where people are kind of going, you know what? I don't need to be that there. I'm having a little gap in my, my realities with, with this, and let me, uh, let me just... Yeah, I'm just going to keep it at bay. Right there is good. You know, it's, it's the whole thing of when people were like, you know what? I don't need to see that in 4K. Because no. it's kind of disturbing. <laughs> yeah. Extreme close-ups will be risky in VR. Right, right. Uh, there, there was a great episode on uh, 30 Rock when mm. um, they were... Now, 30 Rock filmed uh, or was shot on film. It started being uh, shot on digital, and Tina Fey real quickly within a couple of episodes went, nope, nope, let's go to film. Because digital cameras... There's a, there's a mistake that digital is uh, more detailed than film. That's mm. not correct. What it is is with film you have an analog wave of, uh, of color and yeah. detail. With digital, it always breaks down to pixels. Those pixels will always give you this harsh you know, line. We mm-hmm. perceive that harsh, uh, that, that definitive line as being crisper and cleaner. Yes. And so mm, yeah. that is why why there's this perception that digital is a uh, sharper, cleaner picture than what film. Well, film is organic. It's what your eyes see as opposed to mm. digital. So what was happening was that they were filming these actors, and it's magnifying flaws or yeah. uh, you know, magnifying the pores because it can't yeah. do that smoothing out uh, you know, uh, that an analog wave signal can with yep. digital, is this on or off, and it creates harsher lines. So anyway, yep. she didn't like the way it was making her look and said, nope, let's shoot this on film. So they started shooting on film for the rest of the run. Well, there was right. an episode where she's walking through the studios, and uh, they have a camera set up, and there's a monitor with what the camera is seeing. Mm-hmm. And so as, as the various actors walked in front of the camera, you would see then the monitor in the same shot and what it was looking like on digital. So Alec Baldwin goes walking by, and they threw up an image of him from when he was in his 20s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then the character Kenneth, who was the page, he walks by, and a Muppet goes dancing across the screen. And then <laughs> Tina Fey was walking by, and they put up this just, like, hag version of her with hairs growing out of a mole and stuff like that. Oh. It was really funny. Um, <laughs> So that's what I that's what I uh, what I equate with. Uh, there's a certain point where people go, mm, 
no, let's keep a distance. <laughs> <laughs> I like the illusion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoil it all for me. <laughs> no, but but the, the the point in the end is what what is going to to uh, sell uh, the systems because. Uh, right now, um, uh, as I read uh, in, in some news, uh, I, I believe uh, the origin was on uh, on Reddit, uh, where someone found out that um, there is no increase in in uh, uh, Vive and Oculus um, for Steam users in I think in July and August this year. Um, the rate is the same, so uh, they basically uh, don't sell any more of those. Um, uh, Oh, they plateaued. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And um, I think uh, at, the, at the moment, the, the early adopters have uh, all gotten their uh, equipment. And now we are waiting for yeah the system sellers. Yeah, everyone else is going, OK, let's wait to see which one's VHS. And then we'll go and get that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you know that's I'm not anywhere near the market yet to actually want to buy one. I don't um, even think I will ever get there, to be I honest. I don't think I will either. And, like, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll tell you the reason why. I have my headphones that I wear at night sometimes, and uh, although they're perfectly comfortable, they do warm the ears, and there's something on your head. And mm -hmm. after a certain amount of time wearing them, I'm just like, I don't want to wear these anymore. So now mm -hmm. you throw something that blocks my vision is weighing a little heavier on the head. Now everybody goes, oh, but they're really lightweight. They're really lightweight. They're not a pair of glasses lightweight. There's no. You try mm. holding in your hand something that only weighs one pound, and after and with your hand outstretched, tell me mm -hmm. how it feels ten minutes from then. Yeah, it's going to feel like, feel like 20 50 pounds. kilograms. Yeah, right. you feel like 50 that's, kilograms. Yeah, that's what yeah, I feel. Plus, the plus thing the temperature, uh, which uh, builds up in, right. in those uh, things. I mean, uh, if you have uh, like like the the uh, gear you you have the phone which uh, itself uh, will uh, heat up. Yeah, and, mm. um, uh, it turns into an oven basically. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah. I, and I think we've mentioned it before. But considering how many people freak out about having to have having to wear three D glasses, three mm -hmm. D glasses. Yeah, are the, you know, I'm used to wearing glasses every day, so yeah, I don't know why people are freaking out about you know putting on. You know, they probably put on sunglasses and don't freak out. Mm, so, right. but they 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 they're like, oh, the glasses bother me, and oh, I don't like the way they feel, and watching a movie, and oh, I get this headache, and blah blah blah. Come on, it's exponentially larger putting on a gear, you know, any kind yeah. of ocular, you know, headset. Yeah, yeah. certainly at the moment, like it's it, they're bulky as anything, and yeah, they they do they're like ski goggles, but with a big yeah. camera hanging off the front of them. Right. So <laughs> they're, they're not entirely comfortable. Like they're really. They're not for prolonged use. Like you would, I think you would actually like do, like about an hour with them at most. Maybe a movie with the, a maximum, and then you would go and do something else because you couldn't watch it um, with the amount of weight that's on there at the moment. And while I'm certainly curious to see pinball in virtual reality, mm. that's not enough for me to go out and purchase one exclusively no. for one game. It's got to be one of those where it's like, oh my gosh, there's yet another game that I need it for. That I mm. want it for, ah, oh, this is killing me to not have it, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. And you, and you need uh, the uh, the PC to to uh, run it. That's right. Um, it, it must be must be good enough, um, or uh, you need the Samsung S uh, six or seven, at least. Yeah, yeah that's sure Galaxy six or seven at this stage. Not yeah, a Note 7, much. though, because those are exploding. Exploding uh, right uh, in front of your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> they really heat up your head, those ones. Yeah, really, yeah. really badly. Yeah. <laughs> Give you a nice raccoon look, uh, like the cartoons did. It's actually 4D. <laughs> you get flames with it as Right, well. exactly. Yeah. It was so yeah. real, it scorched me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Jared, I, I do have to know, before it's uh, we wrap this up... Um, you uh, had tweeted out that you were watching uh, Star Wars Force Awakens in 35-minute increments. Yeah. <laughs> then what I decided to do is just stay up and watch the rest well, of so the finally, You finally were just like, I, I give in, i got to just watch it in one go. Yeah, it was getting towards the end, and you know, yeah. all the good stuff happens toward the end of those right. movies. So I thought, no, I'm just going to sit down and, and just put my headphones on, laptop on, on my lap, in bed, and watch it. And it was surprising, you know. Like, with, with like, this 
the audio in that movie is pretty good through the the, the headphones that I'm wearing at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds incredible, mm-hmm. and like the laptop screen, if you put it close enough, it's in a dark room. It's actually kind of like being in a cinema. Sure. Surprisingly enough, so I went, okay, this works. This is working for me, um, and yeah, loved it very much. So the um, the the pinball machine is making a lot more sense now. And so right. is part of the first order. I was going, who's the gravelly voice talking? What's going on here? <laughs> now I understand. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. That, that's how I so, feel whenever I see one of these. Uh, uh, for instance, we haven't had the Doctor Strange movie yet. It's coming out this, uh, this fall. Mm. Um, so I'm looking forward to finally understanding what the heck is going on on the Zen table after seeing the <laughs> <Yeah>. movie. <laughs> because that's how it's been with a lot of these Zen tables, with the Zen Marvel tables, where... Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, Moon Knight, I still have no clue what the heck is going on. I need a movie for that. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, apart from looking at the rules, you need to sort of know a bit of the backstory. And I think right. this this sort of goes back without, like, weighing down it too long. This is like, you know, when I see a South Park table uh, in the arcade, I go, oh, yeah, cool. It, I'll have a go at that. Like, it's a terrible game. But yes. Because I've watched those episodes intimately... Um, that were featured in that that particular pinball machine. Um, it resonates with me, and I find it fun, right? But mm-hmm. these later licensed tables, things like Bob's Burgers and you know, uh, Family Guy and stuff, Archer like that, I, and yeah, yeah I, I don't have any connection with those franchises at all. And I think that's why I just never play them because I don't know the, I guess, the lore that goes along with them. Mm, yeah, it makes it inaccessible for me as a person who likes pinball. But just doesn't get because everything is quips and like callouts from the show, and it it doesn't really make any sense in context of the game. And this is why I'm having a lot of trouble getting into those games, I guess. Well, let me just recommend, and I don't know if it's uh, on Netflix in Australia, but uh, it is here in the U.S. Uh, Archer is available to stream on Netflix, and I highly mm-hmm. recommend watching it because it is a uh, very very funny show. Okay, I have to give it a go. I have to see yeah, if I can go. get get a copy of it somehow. Well, right. gang, I should probably uh, go. <laughs> yeah, for for a podcast that I didn't think was going to happen, and I was just going to have Sven come in so that he could uh, gloat about his Star Wars uh, table scores that I probably am just going to let rot. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Seriously, when you pick tables I don't like, I mean that's why, honestly, why the Alien versus Predator score has remained for you. Yeah, but, just... but uh, for for Darth, uh, Darth Vader, it's not my fault. <laughs> I don't <laughs> say that. <laughs> well, maybe it's I'll give that one. Maybe I'll give that one one more go. I've had enough of trying to do with uh, Starfighter. It's it's not going anywhere. I've I've given up on that one. But uh, maybe mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give Darth Vader one more yeah, go let, and see what let can me, do. Let me have a few high scores. You have the majority of them. I know, I know. I want to be a completist. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, wait until we start dragging the barrel and uh, and 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 we're you know we're we're challenging each other on Pasha. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to have to be pretty bad before we get to that point, isn't it? Surely. <laughs> <laughs> all right, gang. Well, hey, uh, thanks for thanks all for tuning in and listening. Um, hey, if you got a question for us, why don't you hit us up on email, blah blah blockade at gmail dot com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Or if it's easier for you to use Twitter, we know how how so much of you guys love using Twitter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hit us up at Blockade or you can uh, talk to myself at Shut Your Traps you can talk to Jared at Jared Morgs and uh, hey why don't you drop Ksenia a line at you gotta spell it for me because uh, otherwise there we go X-A-N-I-J-A yeah give us a chat it's so simple it rolls right off the tongue <laughs> uh, oh yeah, one more thing. Check out our website, www.blockadepinball.com. All right, we'll uh, chat again next week, gang. See ya. Bye. Bye bye. Wizardamusement.com, the West Coast leader in classic pinball. Makers of custom pinball shooter rods to buyer specifications. Swap out your standard ball plunger with something themed to your specific table. Installs in less than five minutes with no custom tools. Even if you don't own a table, looks great as a pinball memento to admire. 
Prices start at $39, but mention Blockade Podcast to receive 10% off your order. WizardAmusement.com. Sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blockade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball.